hello. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am good. Good. How have you how's the week been? Ah, you know, we're just seeing that it hasn't come home. You a disappointment. Uh, what? what? We did well, you know, we got to the freaking semi-finals. Finals. So we've got to the finals, sorry. Yeah. Um, but it's so sad, Duty. You know, those poor boys are just getting such a lot of abuse. I know, I know. I, uh, penalties are just so. Uh, this is a, a heartache. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just, but I think you know, at the end of the day, for what they've achieved to go through semi-finals to get to the finals, and everything, they played well. That soccer guy, honestly, nineteen years old. Jeez. Man like Raheem Sterling. Man. But 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 yeah, <laughs> I mean, poor Dave Bank holiday is gone, guys. I mean, we don't even know if it was really a thing, but <laughs> it was it, it was a good it was a good incentive to support to support the English team. But was, here we are. It was. Um, I I, I have a little rant, so mm. maybe let's introduce that. I want to come back about the, mm. the football. Mm. Okay. Um. If you're listening to this for the very first time, welcome to Girl in Skies podcast with me, Natasha. And Chloe. I sometimes go by Nat. Sometimes go by Michelle. Yes. Actually, I've got two rants. Okay. Go for it. Rant away. Okay. So the first rant is about, okay, so England was in the finals. Uh, it's coming home. What, what, what? And so okay listen i'm not a football i'm not a sport person i mean the the most i'll watch is like basketball so that i can talk to my crushes and you know be like oh my god boogie cousins did this or whatever you know just to Mm -hmm. sound like oh my god did you hear what Stephen a smith say that's my extent of sports um so you know england's coming home what 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 you know i i i wasn't really you know holding my breath first of all i didn't even really understand why are we doing euro 2020 why is it not called euro 2021 i mean first of all uh but obviously because it was supposed to be last year yeah but please please bear with me here so I remember a few, like not a few, a long time ago. This is probably two thousand and three or four or something. I remember very new in this country, and there was a time where I don't know what sport it. Sorry, it was football. I don't know what tournament it was, and England was playing France, and it was a big game. And I remember at the time, you know, there was a lot of us, you know. A, a room of immigrants and we were all hating on England. We we're like, we're supporting France, right? And I remember France won, right? And we used to live in, in, in a flat, like, but you know, like a, a three floor flat, like it wasn't a lot of people. And then when France won, we were like, yay, you know, and you could hear the silence, like, you know, and then I remember the next day, like our neighbors kind of giving us looks or whatever. Mm. I share that to 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 share the journey. 
Mm. You know, some 20 plus years later, you know, mm. here watching England, the three lions, you know, ole ole is coming home, mate. And I mm. feel a certain, you know, I'm like, you know what? England is home. It is mm. home for, you know, at this point, what, 20 years or whatever. It is my home. I will support it because if we win, it's summer. It's going to be lovely. You know, the, you know, the mood when everyone is happy. So I'm supporting it. But then I go on social media. I talk to people who also live in this England, who also have visas in this country, mm. who pay tax in this country, who have called England home for many years. Because mm. for one reason or another, their home, Zimbabwe, they cannot go back to, whether it's mm-hmm. economical, political, emotional, you know. But then these same people do not want to support the place that has given them a sanctuary of safety. Mm. They are not supporting France. <laughs> so they're not supporting England. Mm. I see people saying, I am supporting Italy. Mm. I, I, I shared my experience at the beginning to share Uguti Lami. I too been there. used to be a hater. Mm. But that was before, you know, that was, I was very new into the country. But I'm mm. sorry, you've been living in England for 10 plus years. England has been your home. Uh, you are here, Lichona, you know, you know, busy going up and down to Croydon to, you know, sort out your papers. Going up and down for prayer vigils so Mm. that, you know, you get your red passport. Mm. You have the nerve, the one time that you can say, you know what, I'm supporting England. You choose Mm. Me personally, I took that very personally like it's a joke but actually it's like i'm like i'm like no you live you've you've chosen to live here you've lived here for you know okay i can understand if you've lived here for like four years or whatever you've Mm. lived here for 20 10 years how dare you not support where you live I'm sorry. And last, then I'll keep quiet. These are the Euros. Like, there's no, this is not like the World Cup where you can say, oh, I'm supporting Ghana. I'm supporting an African mm. country. Italy is racist. All these men, them are racist. Like, there, there's no one you can say, oh, you know, Germany. Yes, Hitler's Germany is who I am. It's, it's Euros. It's, it's mm. Europe. So, anyway, I, I will keep quiet. Yeah, no, I, I, I get that, you know, and I, I, I share the same sentiment. Although it was interesting to speak to um, someone who is also from, quote unquote, who's also got a red passport, but, you know, Zimbabwean. But they're like, you know, I'm not supporting England because, you know, I, again, it's one of those things, Uti, as if, if you're living in in a, in a in a place 
just because you're living there doesn't necessarily mean you are living there um, by choice, if that makes sense. Because we are here, but do we, are we really here? Do you know what I mean? Do we, do we, are we here because we, there is no other bit, we, we're here because there's no other, there's no other better place for us to, 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 to be, do you know? I mean, we could go home, but that poses its own challenges. Um, so yeah, no, I, 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 I feel like, yes, be support, be part of, um, you know, the English community support them. But then it then comes back to bite us in the bum. For example, the whole um, instance with these boys who've been um, who've been targeted for missing our penalties. And somebody articulated it so well, Uti, you know what? When we are doing well in England, in England, then everybody is, is, is celebrates with you. But then the moment, that one moment you miss something and it is in the public domain, are you then, again, it's the illusion of inclusion. So I, it made me realize a bit more to, you know what, yes, it's fine. I was 100% so behind England, but I can understand why people then choose not to be behind England because, because of that. And this is a clear, example of Uti, you know what you are we are we are all there rooting for England England to win and then something goes wrong it's not it's not exactly like the whole team is being blamed for this it's three individuals three young black boys being blamed for uh for this yet do you not acknowledge the presence that they had when they were on the field running for that what is that name what's his name Sterling. Selling. who runs like this diver. running from points from one side to the other for a whole 90 minutes and then extra 30 minutes on top running at the same pace guys no no then it's like oh yeah you know you did nothing you know you missed the penalty so why didn't you pick other why didn't you pick other people to do the penalties yes give them opportunities but if they have now missed that opportunity still support them and i feel like that is what has been missed no well so. said well said and i know i'll get dragged because people be like will make the point that you have said but I, I i guess for me it's just my don't root for italy just just don't root for england right but then don't purposely like root for the opponent but again this is just me in my in in my feelings and it, but again it was interesting because really i feel like it was the first time that i was really like i'm rooting for england and i was like you know what? yeah england is home and it goes back to all the discussions we talked about because i'm tired of being like oh england is not home bruh i'm i literally have been here more years than i was mm -hmm. in zimbabwe mm -hmm. right i came when i was 17. i've been here more years than mm -hmm. I was in the that this year is now gonna be so yo listen i i you know england <laughs> is home no, it, it, you know i was thinking about as well too. you know if i was in scotland um the atmosphere would have been totally different everybody would have been at the pub rooting for the italians do you get it so it's just like yes even though you are you know, it's, it's more like a, of a geographical thing. People in Scotland, people in Ireland as well, wouldn't necessarily have been rooting for England. That is the honest truth. So then when it comes to people like, you know, 
for us who are here, yes, we've now got the red passports, but we are still very much, you know, our surnames and our hair doesn't quite mix. I, you know, I think people, it's, 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 the, it's, the, it's the freedom of choice, isn't it? You're allowed to pick whatever you want to pick, which brings me to another thing, Uti. Are you going to continue wearing a mask? Because that's another, that's another choice. Absolutely. Like in public spaces, I will. Yeah. Because it's not just for COVID. Like, Is it for hay fever as well? I don't know about hay fever. Hay fever <laughs> I'm sure it can help because it's about the... the yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Like, for example, I, every year without a fail, I always either have, I don't know whether it's a strong cold or a flu, but I know like on a yearly basis... I always have that, but last year I did not, and it was because you have of the mask. No, and because I was indoors and not going to yeah. work and stuff like that. So for me, yeah, I mean, of course, sometimes like now summer, it, it can be a bit um, uncomfortable, like wearing a mask and it's hot. And I wear contact lenses, so sometimes mm-hmm. it's a bit uncomfortable. But where I can, like in in Pub, pub, on public transport, on um, like indoor malls and stuff, I, I'll try. I mean, I may not be uh, consistent, but I, I, I will try. And because, you know, like I would Dala, we used to see like um, a lot of like tourists from like Japan, China, you know, who'd come before COVID, like wearing masks, yeah. Wearing masks. I remember I used to look at them, think, <clears throat> oh, this is, I'll be honest, I used to think this is strange, right? But now I understand because remember they had been dealing with swine flu and um, I, I forget all the other things. So now it's just a thing, you know, where they're just socialized that in public spaces, this is this is what we do. And it's also, it's protect, it's out of courtesy. So for me personally, I, I, I will continue. I, I don't see it as a political statement. Like people are making, like, I just think, you know, people are so dumb. Like I'm, I'm so, I'm so annoyed. Like that mm. I live in a world with that. I, okay. I just feel like there needs to be certain spaces where IQ is tested. And then I will know what, okay, in that space. <laughs> IQ humble journey because it's just like what's happening even what America I see it even here because they say that 19 July right but yeah now, you see people not wearing masks you know like people were wearing masks at the at the football on like on Sunday there was like very few you could count the number of people wearing masks but then so the, I think the argument is that you know yeah f- fair enough like it's it's Sunday it's just a few days before freedom day before you don't have to wear the mask so what's the actual point but it's interesting the whole COVID debate because I feel like it's becoming more of a debate as well because there is so many things so you know people who are not vaccinated for example um in in healthcare facilities if you notice in France so Macaroon has said duty or like there's no there's no room for negotiation there's no like oh you know um 
by the way, have you looked at the data to suggest that there's blood clots? Have you looked at the data to um, that has that's the vaccine is impacting on women's fertility? Because there's a report a few days ago saying that people's women have reported that their menstrual cycle has completely changed. He's not taking that into consideration. He said this is this is happening. I am not taking any um, I'm not taking any prisoners. You all healthcare professionals, whether you're working in a care home, whether you are working in whatever, you are going to you, go, you need to get doubly vaccinated. So it's just like, but the argument, people are like you know, you're taking away our right to choose, you know. So you're taking away that you're taking that away from us. And where is how is that you know in terms of human rights? You're taking away my ability to make a decision. You know, so for the benefit of the greater benefit of the greater good, you could argue, but is it for the benefit of me? Yeah, I, I think I think that's a good point. I I think for me with the masses, I think it's the right call to say it's a personal choice, right? So, um, I my personal choice will be to continue, like in pub, obviously, like outside. No, like um and and when it's summer because we know that covid um doesn't really thrive as much in hot temperatures no it's fine but winter time like indoors and stuff like that i think i'll continue and again like i said because it's not just for covid because i always have colds i always like have cold flu i don't even know what the difference no i don't know what the difference to the cold to the flu <laughs> So, you know, a good way to, to differentiate if you, between a cold and a flu is if you had a flu, imagine there was 20 pounds outside your bedroom window and you had the, and you knew it was someone threw it there and you're lying in bed with, uh, with a cold. So with the cold, you'd master up the energy to go around and pick up that 20 pounds. With the flu, you wouldn't even have the energy to kind of get yourself up out of bed. So that's how you kind of differentiate that. Yeah. You know, many, many, terms. I have had a flu once before in Glasgow and I thought I was, I I up by Lelankai in the city. You know, if anything happens to me, because I am not well. Like, you know, it's, 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 it's awful, 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 awful. Yeah, yeah. I think I've, I actually think I've had flu more than once, but then mm. I realized, because I think in Zimmer, I do, Maybe it's just me. I feel like we just sometimes used to use it interchangeably. We didn't live cold, whatever. Right? But I remember one time <clears throat> at a previous workplace, I was like, to my manager, oh, I've got the flu. And she was like, oh my gosh. Really? <laughs> wait, wait, wait. What did they? <laughs> the cold. That's what I was like. I had to Google. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> am, I, am I saying the wrong thing? Um, mm. But yeah, like, like I said, it, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes. But Mina, my stance, especially with all these COVID things, I always look at what countries like Singapore and whatever they're doing. Whatever rules they're implementing is what I implement personally. Because last year, I, rem I vividly remember this in like, May I remember April, May, there was a whole debate about masks. Mm. And I remember thinking, Singapore has said mask in public, and I said, you know, I, I am I'm wearing a mask. I I decided to to follow Singapore guidance. Mm -hmm. isn't, isn't that what the only comes in the UK? <laughs> yes, 
But then Dominic coming saying we can literally download I know Singapore as a Thailand. He was like, oh, we can literally download what they're saying and use it to the UK. <laughs> so that's my stance. Like I I am um yeah. But anyway, um before we continue, I just quickly wanted to do the politics segment. <laughs> and then we can and then I can do my other rant and whatever, and then um so just quickly um main thing uh just politics it just feels like there's so much happening in the world uh but particularly closer to home in south africa mm-hmm. uh zuma was arrested and this then has evolved into looting and unrest and it's looking at the footage sometimes you don't know whether the footage is you know real or current but it looks quite scary um so i spoke to um sena miso moyo sena from six foot weights um our favorite lawyer i think he just tagged himself the people's favorite lawyer (laughs) and he stuck yeah, like he just tagged himself the people's favorite learn were like, yeah. So no, so I spoke to Senna just to talk about um just to give an overview of uh how it all started, how did we get where we got to, how Zuma was arrested, uh talked about the, the state of South Africa. Um, so we'll play that shortly. Uh, but before we go into that, I just wanted to kind of get your thoughts. I don't know if you've seen stuff online or you just haven't really, or have you spoken to people in SA? I haven't spoken to people in SA, but it's hard to miss the stuff that's going online because, you know, the things that I've seen is just, it's, I've seen it from the the side of business owners who have obviously been um, looted, who've been, who've had their stuff looted. Um, and some were saying, you know, it, I'm, I can't even, there's no starting from scratch because I can't even start. So I saw a lot of that, the impact on, 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 on the business owners. I saw like a, th- a thread somewhere about how, um, you know, the, again, the rise of xenophobic, um, xenophobic language, basically, you know, Zimbabweans are the ones doing the booting, um, you know, because I think there was a video that came out like people and people were speaking in Shona and they were looting. And then I've seen also just the ridiculous side where someone has looted a whole five piece corner sofa, you know, and has put it <laughs> and can't get it inside their, their shack. And also someone was looting, looted a 60, I don't know how big that TV is, that ridiculous size TV and couldn't get, and was trying to do mathematics of getting it into his car. I mean, I laughed at that because I was like, wow, you know, at least and I'm like, I'm thinking, I'm like, okay. And then actually I saw one man who had no arms, who was, <coughs> excuse me. I'm sorry. This man had no arms. And the pusher, whatever he was looting with his legs. So it was just it was just a it was just a difficult um 
a difficult situation to observe. Um, but yeah, no, I laughed at that. I was like, oh my God. I absolutely hate you for bringing that up. You saw it too. Did you not? Like, I was like, <laughs> I'm sorry, but uh, you know, everybody needs to get their piece. So yeah, so you know, so I've seen all that. And I've seen also from the Zuma's children who are also inciting the violence, which is just like, come on guys. It's just, it's one of those things where you're like, gosh, you know, um, where, where does it actually stop? You know, where do we get to a point where we are able to progress as, as a people? without resorting to such, um, you know, and I, and I don't know, so it'd be interesting to hear like what you guys, your, your thought processes as well, Uti, are people right, is, is looting the, the new demonstrating kind of thing. It'll be interesting, like how you draw parallels um, to it. Absolutely, absolutely. And um, I wonder if, South, I think South Africans and the French have something in common because they they all have a riotous spirit, yeah. So I think it shows that it's not necessarily a racial thing, yeah. Um, and with South Africa, and and also like if you look even in the UK, remember there were people protesting about the you know the 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 lockdowns and everything. I just think like a lot of countries, lockdown has had a, so much psychological, financial, mental damage on people. You have whole countries that are depressed mm. and there has been some kind of uprising one way or another in most countries mm. um and yeah so it'll be interesting to kind of see that but 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 yeah so uh we're just gonna play um my conversation with senna um yeah Hi, so uh, welcome Senamiso Moyo. Um, some of you will know him from Six Foot Weights um, and he is a lawyer as well. So a lot has been happening in South Africa. Um, Zuma's arrest, the looting, um, a lot of unrest that ha is happening in South Africa. So I thought who better than to speak to um, than Senna to give us a lowdown on, you know, what's happening in South Africa, because I know a lot of us have been engaging, but loosely, but it'll be really helpful to get an overview. So Senna, before we start, how are you? Good, Ned. How's it going? Good, good, good. No, I am good. I'm good. Thank you for taking the time. So yeah, the floor is yours. Like, if we can start with, how did we get here? I want to I'm specifically talk about Zuma's arrest. Um, mm. You know, I, I understand he's in contempt of court. Um, but yeah, if you could just give us an mm. overview of how we've got there. Ooh, I think, uh, let me just pick it up from when the actual commission of inquiry was 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 like launched or started or founded, whatever it is. So I think during Zuma's years, I think we're all familiar with the whole Gupta family and how they had their hands on state enterprises and how they were making big government decisions, right? Which minister to hire, which minister to fire, all that stuff which should ideally sit with the president or the executive or, you know, the, the National Assembly, whatever it is, 
they apparently were involved and they were paying big monies to ministers to make decisions in their favor, right? So this is apparently during Zuma's years. Fast forward to the end of Zuma's ten tenure, Ramaphosa comes into power and a commission of inquiry into state capture is founded, right? This is about 2018. Um, so the, the year after Zuma's out of office, state capture commission begins, right? It's chaired by Deputy Chief Justice of the Constitutional Court, Raymond Zondo. So Zondo is chair of, of the commission. Now we'll get to him. He's like probably one of the stars of the show. But it, as, as the commission goes on, people are called in to testify. The, the way it works is you get issued with a notice, come to the commission. It's more like a summons, really. You can't say no. <laughs> like it's, it's a government issued sort of thing, which is binding. So they, they issue with, I think, a summons, and then they say, appear at the commission. So what happened is they issued one to Zuma. I think he appeared the first time, but then they wanted him to come back, if I'm not mistaken. And then he said, no. Now, the reason Zuma didn't want to appear is because he has a problem with uh, the chair, Raymond Zondo. Zondo, apparently, uh, Zuma alleges that they have beef dating back to 25 years ago, whatever it is, when <clears throat> I think Zondo is still a lawyer and I think he dated Zuma's sister-in-law. Right? So he's in Dabazabad, proper family dynamics, personal issues, two guys that don't like each other. So Zuma comes in, he says, well, you can't make me testify. You can't make me appear before a commission with someone who clearly has a bias against me. I can't do that. Um, so what he then did is he went to the high court and made an application for Zondo to recuse himself or to be recused, or meaning in, in simple terms, when you have a feeling that a judge or whatever has a bias towards you, you can actually apply to a court sorry can this person step aside and then in an ordinary case the judicial service commission or whoever's judge president will allocate a different judge to hear the matter so Zuma said well I can't testify in this commission with someone who doesn't like me and I don't like them we have a history right it's like if I go to a commission if I one of my exes there I'm like oh, I'm not going to be keen to testify uh, so long story short Zuma didn't testify because he said well I've still applied for this guy to recuse himself. So Mina Ang is again. They then went to the court. So Zondo and the commission then went to the constitutional court and said, look, can you issue an order directing this man to come to the commission? They went to the con court. The con court issued the order as naturally, I don't think it was opposed. They issued the order to say, no, look, Mr. Zuma needs to appear before the State Capture Commission. Um, if he does not do that, he'll be in contempt of court, which is a criminal offense, right? Court order is issued. Zuma is told to appear. Zuma does not appear. In fact, he actually says, I will not appear at the Commission of Inquiry repeatedly in that case and in public. Um, what then follows is, <laughs> I don't know how you can read it or depending on which where you stand, uh, whether a political mistake or judicial mistake, a miscarriage of justice or an error by Zuma and his legal counsel, whichever it was, they decided not to attend to attend the commission and they were then found to be in contempt of court, right? So the commission 
of inquiry or the state capture commission and Zondo and co, they go back to the con court and they say, look, this man is not complying. He's not doing the things that you guys have ordered him to do. Can we get uh, an order of imprisonment for his contempt? And a few weeks later, the constitutional court comes back and they say, well, Mr. Zuma will not attend the commission of inquiry. He has not attended, which means it's a criminal offense in itself to not attend, you know, a, a thing. Uh, to, to, to be in contempt of court is a criminal offense. He then, uh, long story short, is found guilty of contempt and is sentenced to 15 months in prison. Um, there's a whole debate, legal debate, about whether or not that was the right sort of committal. I think we can all understand that he is guilty of the crime of contempt. I think what's up for debate is whether or not the Con Court, which is the final, final court in South Africa, acting as the final court, um, had the authority or should have actually imposed a sentence of imprisonment in what was initially just a civil case for them without actually referring it to like a criminal trial, did they have the authority to send him to prison and is imprisonment without a suspended sentence? Because most of the time they say, well, you're guilty, we'll give you a suspended sentence, but if you do comply, then you know, you're, you're fine, you're not gonna go to jail. So they went straight to imprisonment, no suspended sentence, no warning, no second chances to go and appear. And obviously Zuma's camp panic, right? They start writing letters, they start trying to rescind the judgment, everything that they kind of do now. And there's an, up, not an uprising, but there's an uproar from his supporters and from Zuma himself. I think the court had initially given him five days to hand himself over. The day before he was meant to hand himself over, he had a gathering, a rally or whatever you want to call it, with his supporters in Ganja. They all came, they gathered, and he basically told his side of the story, that he feels he's been persecuted unfairly, he's been targeted politically, there's no merit in this whole thing. The prison sentence is a bit harsh because people hardly ever go to jail for contempt of court. So that got his people riled up, most of them Zulu in KZN, they got riled up, they got angry, they felt like, okay, here, there is a miscarriage of justice. So even the, the, the hashtag was Wednesday or Zoom. Like, literally, it's like, what did Zuma do? Uh, the following day, he was meant to hand himself over, they then applied to rescind the judgment. And you think he was given another three days within which to hand himself over to the police. Wednesday came around, he still hadn't handed himself over. So now we're looking at the five days has passed. We've gone full seven days from the judgment. Zuma is still chilling in his house and his supporters are literally waiting outside there with him condo and sticks and whatever and guns. And they're saying, Tina Zuma is not going to jail, including one of his eldest sons, uh, Edward, I think. Um, he then decides to hand himself over before the midnight deadline. He says, okay, I'll go to jail. He goes to prison, hands himself over. And two days later, literally on the Friday, his supporters maybe riled up a bit also by his daughter and his son and his other supporters, then decide they're going to make this country ungovernable. So it started off with a uh, torching of trucks uh, on the N3, uh, somewhere close to Durban. 
they decided to set the trucks alight. They burnt them, and there was huge damage. The whole road, like this is a this is a major this is a major freeway. Whole road closed, done, like Luto. Um, and it spread from KZN to other parts of the country. So now you've got people burning shops, you've got people looting shops, burning malls. There is chaos and a bit of anarchy. This is in KZN and mostly Gauteng. Every other province, I think, is still fine for now. I doubt in Cape Town there will be any, <laughs> any uproar. <laughs> yeah. Did you stand up before? Yeah. Uh, before we move on to now talking about the looting and the, the unrest, I just wanted to go back on the, so the, the commission of inquiries, right? In terms of like, what was, what was, what was their terms of reference? So what was really going to, you know, with the inquiry and everything that was happening, did that commission have powers as, you know, in conclusion, say if Zuma had gone and um, they'd heard all, you know, all sides, what what was the extent of their powers? Could they, um, you know, arrest someone, or was it simply one of those commissions where the conclusion would be a report is published? Um, because the reason I ask that is, it it then makes me think that okay, when they went to the court the first time, saying oh, he's in contempt of court, I mean, fine. But then when they went again, saying, um, you know, he's in contempt of court, therefore be criminalized. So it's, it's just weighing, you know, was that, could they have gone to Concord or maybe a lower court um, and, and, and got a different outcome? It's just, it's just curious to me. There may be. There may be. So just to answer your first question, what happens with the, with the Commission of Inquiry, like most commissions in South Africa really? Uh, the chairperson, Zondo, will then compile a report, which will have his findings and recommendations, I think, but I think mostly findings. And then that will be taken to the prosecuting authority, which will then take on criminal charges against the people who have been found in the report to have committed certain offences. So the report itself or the inquiry itself is not final. What the inquiry does is it compiles evidence in a report, which is then taken to the MPA. The MPA will then choose to prosecute. That's how it should proceed. Um, with regards to the, the issue of the commission actually going to the constitutional court in the first place, that's another issue because that's actually being debated now legally. Um, should they have had direct access to the final court in the land instead of going to the high court, for example, to try and get a criminal sanction. Um, I think they are very entitled to do that based on the gravitas of the case, the nature of the state of, you know, the, the state capture inquiry, the people it involves. I mean, it's, it's a, there's a lot of, there's a lot of high level politicians that are testifying. So it only makes sense, I think, for the highest court in the land to also hear it. The only issue is the finality that comes from the constitutional court because you can't appeal to a higher court. There is no higher court. So if in that respect, you might think uh, if they'd maybe gone to a lower court, could have gotten a different decision, who knows what would have happened. Um, but yeah, so so that's kind of how we find, find ourselves. Mm. In and, that we're in right now. and right now, um... 
what's the date today? Today's the 13th of July, because I know these things change really quickly. What's happening? Yeah. I know yesterday, um, Advocate Dalimbof, I think, was was speaking before the Concord. Um, yeah. So have has a decision been made or are they still deliberating? So what Zuma uh, and his lawyers, which now include Dalimbofu, what they're trying to do is now is to rescind the constitutional court judgment. So to basically have it set aside on the basis that um, all the things I've mentioned before, the direct access argument, um, whether or not, you know, the, the sentencing itself was reasonable in light of the circumstances for a contempt of court thing. Zuma's also trying to make the case that no, he was he was ill, he, you know, it's all these other things, all these, these, these many factors that they're trying to put forward. That's what they're trying to do now. Whether or not they will succeed, it's a story for another day because I was listening to the justice, one of the justices say that, well, this is a civil case. So why are you now bringing in criminal sort of penalties in the whole proceedings? Surely it makes sense to send it to another court and start a criminal trial for his contempt of court. I know it sounds very technical and a bit weird, but that's kind of where they are now. So the judgment has been reserved. So I think we'll kind of have to wait a couple of days or weeks before that comes down. And until then, I think Obaba will be, he'll be in jail while he'll sit in jail. Yeah, but but okay, so, so turning to um, sort of like the, the looting and everything, where we are now. So can we talk about Zuma's children? You talked about Edward, you talked about Duduzile and yeah. like, like, yeah, can you just talk about the role that they've played? So in, in on Friday, when the initial sort of skirmish started with the burning of the trucks in on the N3, his daughter Duduzile then said, I think she put, she was putting out a whole bunch of tweets saying, we see you, Amanda comrades, it's a war. Uh, we're not deterred, blah, 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 blah. Edward was chilling in front of the gate saying, um, we'll fight, we'll do all these things. And that kind of encouraged people to take up arms. Now, what, what I think has happened is similar to FISMAS 4 when I was in varsity, it started off the catalyst being Zuma's arrest. That's what sparked everything. That was the, the fire that sort of started the whole thing, which is now spread and has become something bigger than just Zuma. I think it's become frustration at government. I think the fact that we're now in level four and for those without sort of context, level four means we're one step below a very strict lockdown, essentially. So we can't do much and can't, no alcohol, no, gyms, or there was no gyms when it was announced, uh, no restaurants were basically hard locked down. Um, that has meant people's livelihoods have been compromised. And as a result, a lot of frustrations which had been bubbling under the last year of people being unemployed, people having no food. On top of that, a lot of them also being Zuma supporters now seeing Zuma go to jail all of it adds up to this cocktail of violence that we have now. And Ramaphosa has tried to address it. I think he initially tried to play it off as like an ethnical issue or an ethnic thing, which I think it was very ill-advised to say that. 
my own personal opinion, but that's kind of the role that his children have played. They were the kind of the initial, yes, start a revolution, start a war, start a rest, that this, start that. But since then, I think it's rolled up to be bigger than even what they thought it would be. And, and more than, I don't even think they intended the damage and the violence to be that high. I think they just wanted their father free, but I think where we're at now is, yeah, military deployed and everything. It's, yeah. it's, it's a proper mess. Am, am I correct in saying like, this is the worst, like in terms of in, in, in the last 10 or so years in recent South African history, like in terms of looting, it just feels like on an hour, to our basis it's just getting worse the anarchy yeah it might be it might actually be the worst um fees must fall was bad um but that was you know almost sort of centralized to universities and surrounding areas like i remember at the time i was in fits and for two years 2015 and 2016 there'd be start of a protest against fees, which would then spiral into the streets and tear gas and buses burning, shops looted, all these things. But this on a, on a national scale is, is hard, I think, for even government to bring together and, and, and bog down. And that's mainly because with universities, it's easy, you know where the universities are and you can kind of contain the violence to within that space. And it's easier to deal with students as well. Students, most of them are compliant. They're very peaceful. You know, they're smart chaps. Now you're dealing with all kinds of people in society, like a free for all. When they say Jabulani Molin, so it was being looted. It's being looted by almost anyone and everyone who lives in and around that area. So it's, it's bad. Um, I think this might be, it might be the worst, depending on how long it goes on, because obviously the situation is changing every day. Um, Marikana was probably the lowest moment, I think, post um, 94 South Africa. Marikana was when there were the miners who were protesting for 12,500 rands a month, I think, and they got gunned down by live ammunition, um, apparently under the instructions of Cyril himself. But that's definitely the lowest point in, in, in the history of post-apartheid South Africa depending on how this plays out, it, it could be the worst. COVID isn't making it easier, I'm afraid, but this could potentially be, be worse, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, and I, I, was, I was going to say that actually, if you look across countries, um, I think the frustrations that people have with COVID, there's been uprisings in some form. Um, look at France, even the UK, people were out protesting, um, so, and, and then, okay, so just going back to what you were talking about, is there, like, what level of support does Zuma have within government? Because I've seen comments about, you know, there are people that have been on mute, um, some people not saying much, um, and then accusations of, um, you know, some of these um, uprisings or whatever being coordinated by people within government. Um, so yeah, what level of Zoom of support does Zuma have? And yeah, I, yeah, how precarious is Cyril Ramaphosa's situation considering that? Um, 
the, the problem that Cyril faces, I think, in my opinion, and you know, people might feel free to disagree and add their two cents to what I'm about to say, but I think his stock hasn't been high. Um, I think his presidency has been a bit mediocre. And it's unfortunate because if you look at the past presidents, and I'll, and I'll, I'll start at Mandela. Mandela had a certain larger than life thing. He's, he's, Mandela could get away with anything. I mean, he was almost an icon, demigod of some sort, right? He's like, he's Mandela, like bigger than him. Mbegi was very smart. But on top of that, his father was also, you know, one of the guys who was sent to prison with Mandela. So he has sort of some sort of ANC royalty in a way. Add that to his intelligence, you have a very okay president um, whose popularity was there for all to see, but his intelligence was also evident. Like you could say, oh, Beg is really smart. You know, you could say, that, that's my president. He's, he's, he's a very clued up sort of guy. May have an issue with his policies, um, he was a bit cowardly in how he dealt with certain things like HIV and Robert Mugabe, but you, you couldn't doubt that there's a politician's brain in there. Zuma represents South Africa, I think, what the average man in the street wants to see from their leader. He's, he's the people's guy, right? He's very popular in the sense that he, you can feel that he's just an ordinary gent. There's nothing amazing in the way that Mandela was about him. There's no super intelligence that Mbegi went and got, because he went, Mbegi was educated in the UK and all these things and his degrees and speaking fancy English. But Zuma was different. He's a people that had no education, his multiple wives. He's your traditional Zulu gent. Like he's part of the people. You know, you can see that any one of us can rise to become president. That makes him incredibly popular with the average black person in South Africa. Even when he was arrested, even his detractors will tell you that they felt a bit sad about the whole thing. On top of that, you have some of his political opponents like Helen Ziller who will say, well, I've spoken to Zuma, he's a charming man. He's this, he's that. In spite of all his crimes and imperfections, people always have a nice thing to say about Zuma. Cyril, on the other hand, unfortunately for me has none of what all the other presidents ever had. Doesn't have the charisma. I don't think he has that intelligence that, that Mbegi sort of oozed. The charisma of Zuma is not there. The, the, I, the image that was Mandela is also not there. So what you have is a guy who's sort of there, is not inspiring a lot. You can tell that when he's on TV, he's reading from you know, a prompted thing. Zuma would come on TV, he would read, and then he'd put the paper down and he would start speaking in Zulu and start laughing, cracking jokes. And you'd be like, hey, you know, actually, I hear what he's saying. I think at times, Cyril hasn't been able to get across with the average person. Now, politically, when he took over, and it's unfortunate, he took over a very divided ANC. You had one half that was for him and one half that was against him. So you still have very strong supporters of Jacob Zuma within the ANC. He's trying to get rid of them. You can see like when he suspended Ace Mahashule, the Secretary General, and he's um, right now suspended Carl, um, one of the uh, MK vet guys. And, and you can see that he's trying to make it, okay, we're, we're chasing away corruption, or we're fighting corruption, but you can see that his opponents are 
people who were associated with the former president Zuma. In that sense, politically, it's a fragile situation to be in because I don't think he has the support of the entire party, so to say, which is, which is unfortunate. And I think in next year's Congress, so ANC, unfortunately, the timing of their Congress is a bit weird. So they have a Congress and then there's national elections that follow after that. So the Congress decides who the president will be for the next five years. And then the national elections will decide who the president of the country is. So the president of the ANC is obviously most instances end up being the president of the party of the country the following year. So if I think if he's not careful, he might lose popularity in the party. There's a chance, a very small chance, I think, because I don't think he has a proper rival that he may lose at Congress and then lose the chance to run at the presidency again. And I think this whole Zuma situation doesn't help his support base a lot. In fact, I think it marginalizes a lot of the guys who maybe just for the sake of Wuti Zuma was part of the ANC will vote for Cyril. I think this might just mean, uh, actually, I don't really like this guy. He can go. And I think Zuma has the power to take, uh, to take away a lot of votes from, from the African National Congress in that regard. But I, you know, I stand to be, to be correct on that point. But I think, I think Zuma has a huge pull, both internally within the party and amongst the ordinary members of the public. Yeah, and um, in terms of like Cyril and um, just just the, the situation that he's in, if if they go to Congress, like who's next in line? Like who's 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 the next star that could be put as the leader of the ANC? There's um, there's David Mabuza, the current deputy president, although DD, as they call him. He's been sort of MIA during Cyril's run at the presidency. He's also been sick. He's been flying overseas to get treatment. And the whole Chiwenga thing where he's just never there. <laughs> so what, what you have now is a situation where either Didi challenges him and he wins the presidency. Ace was another one who could properly, you know, challenge uh, Ramaphosa, the, the secretary general. He's currently suspended. Whether or not his suspension will be lifted remains to be seen. But he was the one person, I think, with the sort of charisma, authority. He's also got his own corruption allegations or whatever. But I think he was the one person, I think, with the, the, the charisma and the, the status to sort of give sort of a good run for his money. Another one, maybe Lindiwe Sisulu, or Walter Sisulu's daughter. She could also give it a, a run. And yeah, I think what it remains to be seen who will lift up their, their hands over the next year, so to say, and, and be like a proper challenger. Until then, Cyril will kind of just have to navigate this awkward period that he finds himself in. Okay, just so second last question. Um, EFF, Julius Malema, the DA, like what, what role do they play? Because I've seen Malema sort of, um, I, I guess sort of showing that he, he, I think he's against what's happened with Uzuma. Um, so yeah, what's there their- no permanent, yeah. I think there are no permanent enemies in politics. I think that's what Julius has, has shown us. 
I think the EFF especially, their preference is to always undermine the ANC. Could be wrong, but I think I think they always want to undermine the ANC. And he's surprisingly, for someone who was against Zuma all this time, all this time, he's surprisingly shown um, some sort of solidarity towards him, and he's tweeted that no imprisonment wasn't the way to go. Um, they've also expressed that they support um, the not support the looting, but they support the protests and they're against the deployment of the military. The EFF at the moment is probably Cyril's worst nightmare. Politically, I think they're a bit of a nuisance in the sense that they're also rallying up people to say, no, look guys, look, this leader here is incompetent. Um, he wants to send the military on you. It doesn't help that, um, it doesn't help that Marikana was sort of his thing. And I say his because I think he's the one who sent the email to the police commissioner giving instruction for them to deal with the situation, which then led to dead bodies. So in, in that respect, the EFF is, I won't say promoting the looting, but they're promoting non-compliance with, with whatever Sil was saying. If he says, let's go to level one, they will protest it more or less. The DA, I, I think they've become friends of him in a way, and I hate to say to say that, but I think I think you can see that we celebrate. You know, they'll release a statement saying we celebrate Jacob Zuma's imprisonment. We celebrate the decisiveness by the judiciary. Um, so the president has taken this decision. We welcome it, and you're like, okay, friends of Ramaphosa in a way. A lot of his policies have unfortunately been perceived to be pro-white monopoly capital, to be pro-Stellenbosch mafia guys, corporate white people. I think it's, it's alleged that, he, that they're the ones that are sort of paying him. Whether or not that's true, I'm not sure, but you can kind of see it in you know, some of the decisions he's made that uh, there's a bit of an inclination towards favorable policies for white guys here. And I think the DA aren't probably his worst nightmare at the moment. Mm. Okay, no, no, that's interesting because like uh, the Helen Sussman Foundation, WMC, WMC and all that stuff has kind of uh, propped up. So it's, I guess it's really not helpful. And then just lastly, like, you know, I don't even know like how to ask this question because you've got a political situation, right? A political problem, chaos. Um, and then you've got, you know, the, the judiciary and the role that it plays. Mm. But, I mean, how, how will this be solved? Because essentially, you know, it's the judiciary versus the, the politics of it. Um, yeah. How is it solved in a way that doesn't undermine the judiciary? So there's been calls for the judiciary to kind of blindly continue. So that's just to continue with the law, as it says. If he's in contempt, he's in contempt, arrest him, he must appear. Um, even if they try to rescind the judgment, apply the law to Zuma as you would to any other person. The problem is, has it been applied to Zuma as it would any other person? Like, would anyone else go to prison for contempt of court? Not many people would, to be honest. I think most people would get a suspended sentence 
and then um, be forced or be, be forced to appear. What the court said was because of Mr. Zuma's status and because Zuma has repeatedly said he will not attend, a suspended sentence wouldn't work. So in that way, he has in a way been treated as a different accused, not an ordinary accused. He's been treated with his political status in mind. Um, they, they've bore in mind that, no, look, we want to set an example by sending the past president to jail that to show that the rule of law is the rule of law and anyone before it has to abide by it, right? So in, in that sense, they've sort of treated him like in view of, of his political status. But you have to say that it's not, it hasn't been a blind judiciary. They've been very aware of some of the, 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 the facts that come into it, the politics at play. But what they mustn't do is be pressured to then change their minds. I think they've, they've made the decisions they've made, but if they seem to be going back on it, 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 it creates a precedence where unfortunately people be like, oh, we don't like this take to the streets protest. Right. I'm, I'm not saying I agree with the initial decision, but now that they've made it, going back on it would be, it, it wouldn't be wise for the for safeguarding, you know, the judiciary. Even if President Ramaphosa comes back and says, okay, um, presidential pardon, I'm releasing Jacob Zuma. Zuma comes, he talks to his people, Vantuvami, please keep quiet, Kalipansi, let's all go home, it's fine now. It sets a precedent that, oh, okay, so anarchy is the only way that these guys will listen to us, which, which isn't, isn't a great way to govern a society. But then I struggle at the moment, as we speak now, it's 13 July, to see how without Zuma himself coming out and saying, guys, stop it, or without Zuma being released, how you quell such violence, especially because it's so widespread, right? It's not like you're dealing with one crowd. You're dealing with different patches and different groups of people in different parts of the country, which isn't easy to do. Um, how does this end? I think it loses momentum probably over the next few days. And then the judiciary continues with its decision. I think they'll keep Zuma in prison. I don't see them going back on their decision. And then I think Zuma goes out on parole after a month or two. Okay, I was gonna say like, I don't see Zuma being in prison for 15 months and no. everything being okay. Yeah, so I, I, I doubted that he'd go in the first place. Like yeah. I was unsure that he'd hand himself over because he was so adamant, I'm not going, I'm not going, but I'm not going. And I couldn't just imagine sending a former president to jail in Africa. It doesn't really happen in this continent. Um, but now that he's in, I, I must say, similar to his to his his friend Shabir Sheikh, if you just read up on Shabir Sheikh, Sheikh was in prison for a few years. He got medical parole. He was out, and apparently he was terminally ill when they released him. To this day, Sheikh is still. Up 
amazing amazing no senna thank you thank you thank you so much um and again as we said it's the 13th of july guys we know that things are very fast moving um but it's interesting just watching what's happening in south africa as one of the main players in the continent and i think for me it just goes to show that it's really each country for themselves because in a way yeah when was it when there was the, the when was the looting again in zim the tattoo era 2019 2019 people, what beginning of 2019 yeah people like tattoo yeah 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 but but i mean yeah. it just shows that um and i mentioned that you know even in in the west and other countries there's just so much internal unrest that the models yeah. that we look out for, like, oh, UN, SADC, AU, mm. like, it's really not going to work. And how yeah. Zim will be like, oh, what is South Africa doing to put pressure? Look, South Africa is crumbling. So there's no way. It's on its own, yeah. Exactly. They're like, dealing with their own very, very difficult situation right now. <laughs> exactly. So I think it's time for, it, it, it's an interesting time in just global politics because, each country literally just has to find its own solutions and where they're mm. dictators and whatever, like the solution just has to come from the people. But that could be another topic for another day. So Senna, thank you so much. Um, Senna, where can people find you on the social? Media? People can find me on the social media streets at Senna Miso Moyo, S-E-N-A-M-I-S-O Moyo. On all social media platforms, that's Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. I can't say all I'm not on Snapchat and all these other things. So just those three. I'm on TikTok. I am on TikTok, but I don't post on TikTok. So all those three um, on on my Twitter and on my Facebook and IG, you'll find uh, threads that I do weekly on IP cases or hashtag IP Thursday. You should check that out. And also follow and like the podcast at Six Foot Weights that I do with Tabo every week. Um, so yeah, that's where that's where the people can find that's where the people can find my stuff. Thank you, Senna, and guys, tune in to Six Foot Weights. Thank you. Bye. Yes, so thank you very much to Senna Miso from Six Foot Weights, guys. Do check out the podcast and let us know what you think um, about what's happening in South Africa. What does it mean for a country like Zimbabwe? You know, um, you know, what, what does it mean that there is the country that we always are saying, oh, South Africa, what is South Africa doing in Zim? The fact that they're also in so much turmoil, you know, what does that mean for us? So, guys, let us know what you think and how you think this is all going to end. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. And on to the next one. Is oh. anything out of politics? Sorry. No, 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 no. That's that's just the main. I, I think we 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 got a huge chunk there of the politics. <clears throat> um, my second. Okay, it's not a rant. Natasha's rant day. This is what we should call the podcast. <laughs> so um, so I just okay. So. If you're listening to this podcast for the very, very first time um, and you missed the top of the podcast, um, we are Girl in Sky's podcast with Natasha and Tori. 
sometimes we go by GIS, you know, for the men them who don't want to be saying gallons guys because they think like it makes them sound moist. Um, but I just wanted to clarify that it is not girls in skies. There isn't a plural. It is girl in skies because it's not literal, right? We're not in skies. So it's not literal um, because if it were literal, it would be girls from skies or ladies from skies. <laughs> it's not literal. So skies is, you know, a, a triple entendre, a homage to, you know, Wulawa, your city of skies, you know, home. Skies representing travel because, you know, as immigrants, as Zimbabweans, one time you're in the UK, the next time you are in New Zealand, next time you're in South Africa, and obviously skies represent the airways. So, and you know, we thought Galen skies, you know, it just sounds, it, it flows better from the tongue, you know. Um, and also as time goes on, you know, when we start doing our merch and stuff, you know, all y'all will be wearing your merch saying Galen skies. So it will make, make sense instead you because you bring your merch which says girl in skies you know so you personalize it um but i just wanted to like especially when people be like oh my god i'm a big fan of your show girls in skies i'm like no you're not because you would know it's not girls in skies i think it's, it's interesting because we we spoke about it in a uh, one of our earlier episodes like why we went with the name um so yeah it is when i see it so i'm just like yeah hey, hey, you know girls in skies but i'm like no no guys it's not girls it's gale just gale you know and you know it's like um it, it's <laughs> You could you 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 could be in wherever you are like, but we are from Bulawayo, so that's what we are trying to really push. You know, the skies being skies from home, but skies in that were away from home as well. You know, we are in the sky as we speak, and I am a girl in the sky. But yeah, no, it's interesting. It's always interesting to hear when people say because people automatically just think, oh, because it's two girls. But we are two women, we're two ladies, you know. See, and that's why I'm saying it's not literal because next people will be saying, first of all, you're not even girls. <laughs> Yay! My oh, God. God. Yeah. People are difficult. One time, yeah, that's when I stopped posting on Twitter fleets, right? Mm. I posted a picture. So like i have it i guess it's a hobby you know like my um on instagram where plus size whatever hello to world plug um and so i took some pictures shout out to muso and Gossi who took pictures so i i don't know that day i was feeling extra brave because i am scared of twitter i am very scared that is the wild wild west i you know, i am very careful about what i put out there particularly my yeah, my person, whatever. So I posted, you know, like some of the pictures that I took there, right? And it's so weird how you always remember the negative comment. There was this guy. Oh, I wish I had taken his name because I blocked, I blocked him, mm. right? And then he, so he commented, "Wasicity, 
um, something about sometimes it's like oh shame can at least is trying to be girls something like that i remember i took a screenshot you know when you i took a, i took a screenshot of of that uh thing and i remember sending it to <laughs> sending it to one of our friends uh mm. i don't know i could like i was just like look you know like when you i want to travel as someone because i was like i feel like he would know who that person Why am is. i think because i think i saw like what he for like i was so upset you know that whole thing i said i deleted everything i slept the whole day i was just like wow because of another child yeah i just said oh my god but anyway um but again it's weird how you remember the one negative whereas everyone was like yeah. oh my God, yeah. there's a lot of positives and shout out to i'm gonna see if i can quickly grab this person's name um da, 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 one second sorry two seconds i think it was Who was it? Who actually said it? Oh, you know, what is it? Just like um, saying, oh, it's, it's a shame they got the name. Sorry, but we, we got we got uh, mentioned in, in something recently and they, they called us girls, girls and guys. And that person was like, oh, you know, we'll get there eventually with the name kind of thing. I was like, oh, you know, shout out to you, man, because this is true support, you know, from day one. Um, shout out, shout out. Oh, um, I just wanted to quickly, quickly mention. Um, so last week we did the whole like J Lo episode. Um, but basically, is you know f- finding love again or re- returning to love. So I wanted to shout out uh, BK um, on Twitter, no, on Instagram, Bake Temba, because um, asked the question on our Instagram page to say, oh, can, you know, can you can can love be sweeter a second time? And then he was like, <clears throat> if she made me umhwaba by friends owning me and saving me for later, cool, that there's a second tuba technically. However, if we did some premature mission accomplished, if we partook in some mind-blowing fluid exchanging tiki-taka, then there is no way a second chance is granted unless the pool is muddier or the idiotic genes go hyper nostalgic and overwhelm the rational ones. I was like, bruh. <laughs> mad, mad thing. I was like, bruh. Um, and then, sorry, were you looking for another comment? No, I'm, I was looking for uh, this person's name, but I can't see it. I can't see it anymore. Hmm? Was it a DM? Yeah. I can't find this. Anyway, shout out to you. Shout out to everybody who remembers. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, cool. And um, oh, and then so before we 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 we, we go on, um, just to let you guys know that we are going to go on a break. So mm-hmm. uh next week, so so the the pod the episode after this one will be our season finale 
So our season three finale. So you remember we've started season three end of last year. Um, and we've been going like nonstop February. So it's, you know, as you, as you guys know, like we'd like to take a break so that, you know, we can go and gather content, come back refreshed, re-energized. Um, and you remember we shared with you at the beginning of the year that Tolik had got a new job, I got a new job. So it's been quite intense. So yeah, just need to kind of uh, take a break. Just, yeah, just similar like we did last year. Um, uh, we, 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 we're going to take a break. We're going to take a break. And so- and I need to be honest with y'all. You know, I remember I didn't congratulate her and I was so excited and I got that new job. Thank you. But work is kicking my ass. Like I am not even joking in ways I have not even imagined. It's really something that is stretching me beyond what, um, <laughs> beyond what I even imagined. I remember I was having a rant with one of uh, my friends earlier, like maybe it was last week and I was like, oh my God, this job. This job that I was thanking God for is literally just, it's just mad. And I think, you know, I have to be honest enough and say that I have a lot of learning to do and, you know, give me some time, give me a few months. I'll probably be excelling at what I'm doing. But what do you give me? Ah, when? So you expect a whole new title and a whole extra pay and you expect to be doing the same thing. And that kind of rattled me in a way because it's like, yeah, I know you're right. I was expecting to kind of carry on in the same, in the same kind of, I didn't, I don't know what I expected, but I didn't quite expect this. So, you know, I just think I have to be honest enough to kind of share that to you. Yeah, I know it's, 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 it's interesting. I'm not, I'm not one to give up. I'm not going to give up, but it's, it's definitely, um, it's tough. So definitely need to kind of recharge and, be able to focus on that, you know, get myself and my life in order so that I can come back and be very wholesome and be very focused on this as well. Absolutely, absolutely. So, um, so yeah, so so not not to not this episode, the episode next, because we don't want people to be like, what's happening? You mm-hmm. know, um, but also um, yeah, like we'll we'll no let me not over promise i was about to let me not <laughs> we're gonna go on a break and chill um but uh, but uh uh on patreon like the patreon guys you will continue getting content because you keep the lights on so um if you guys want to support us and miss us um you know sign up to our patreon um and yeah you so because the patreon guys get um an episode a month so we will continue doing that maybe a little bit more um but yeah that's if you can but if not you know what we are 80 whatever episodes deep mm. so you can always like press rewind we'll 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 also be trying to share like uh throwback episodes and stuff like that and we would be so grateful during our break. Like, you know, when you guys are meeting people, barbecuing, be telling them like, oh, I've been listening to Galen's guys or oh, sending them the link and stuff like that. Cause that's how we grow through you guys. And other people. So um, we'll be so, 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 so grateful. And yeah, like if you see us around, you know, having our hot girl summer, just like, hey. <laughs> Say hi. 
and also if you if if you are again on patreon or if you're going to join us on patreon and you want to come on a few episodes senami somoyo cough cough do um do dm us and let us know just reach out to us and uh we, we will make it happen you know i think i think I think it would be quite nice to have a, an in-depth conversation with, with Mr. Moyo. About his besties? About his besties. <laughs> like maybe on a more private platform. He can ask more. Oh. That would be quite good, wouldn't it? That would be quite good, actually. Yeah. Okay, we may make that happen. Yeah, I think we should. Uh, so yeah, so reach out to us, guys. And if also if you have any suggestions... You know, if you came out and you're like, oh, you know, I think we we want to know a little bit more about this with so and so. Like if we, you know, if, we, if you gave us the platform, Tina, we'll go and ask, we'll ask the questions, you know, on behalf of the people. On behalf of the people. Um, yeah. and, and obviously like our patron is juicy. Like that's where we, we you know, you know, we, we, we overshare on our patron. So also yeah. maybe, 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 you know, join our Patreon for more information for exactly. the tea. <laughs> exactly, exactly. For the tea. Um, but, but yeah, guys, and uh, we'll probably be back realistically. This is end of July. So uh, like I said, next episode will be season finale. Um, and then the Patreon guys will still get the episode at the end of the month. Uh, we're going to go on a break August september we'll come back maybe end of september ish because you know that's when schools open so we'll come back then um and then yeah we'll continue having fun and like i said patreon we will continue like um having content on there but please allow us to have a break guys please like link link us mm. just just release us allow us to have a break you know like um yeah so, so so that you know i won't be out here having a break and then i start having hitwarin because someone is upset that there's no new episode <laughs> can you imagine when you're out there and enjoying the the little british summer that we get when you're having your drink, someone is so upset that they keep refreshing. They're like, no. so we've told you guys we are having a break. We need to recoup. Um, and then obviously, like if you if you're a business and whatever, maybe next season you may want to advertise with us. Um, because we have to our followers, you know, they have strong uh, buying potential, you know. You know, so <laughs> hit us up. Absolutely. Absolutely. Rich, rich, and you know, also just to prepare for the next season, send us emails. You know, we'll be a little bit more um, mindful of the, the emails, the dilemmas that you send us in our, in our inbox. So we'll deal with them a little bit more, you know, diligently. So send us um, your dilemmas to my, sorry, my goodness, guys my guys at gmail.com yes 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 and apologies to the to the people that we you know because sometimes with the dilemmas it's like sometimes you see them and you're like oh we're a month late would rather just respond to the person than read it out but we'll go back to i think people appreciate sharing it and then seeing people's comments you know um so we'll do it that way 
Um, oh, and then before we end, just wanted to say, so oh, we need to, I say something, you say something. I don't know how okay. we do. So, so guys, your favorite podcast. And it's guys. Uh-huh. Has been nominated uh, for the Zimbabwe Achievers Awards, the UK mm-hmm. edition. Uh, so we have been nominated. And uh, so the, the Zimbabwe Achievers Awards is 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 is, is a prestigious. Sorry, but can you can you just explain this? It's it's not just why nominate, it's two. Hi, see, that's, that's why. why I like you. That's why Who nominates? you. We have been nominated. Number one, mm-hmm. media outlets of the year. Uh-huh. And the second one, a female personality of the year. Who? Uh, so, okay, so under. Sorry. Huh? Who's been nominated? I so forgot. Under female personality of the year. I am not interested in other people. <laughs> Jealous guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, so, um, and then under media personality of the year, oh, we are in good company. So we've got Check Out Africa. Shout out to Wongs uh, and Ivo. Develez Connect. Uh, the Feeling Station. Shout out to Man Like Tinto. Made in Zwe, shout out to Kuda Munashe, uh, the Southern Times, shout out to them, and Girl in Skies. So we've been nominated for those two awards, um, and you can vote on zimachievers.com. Uh, the voting opens on the 19th of July. Uh, and closes on the 15th of August. We will, we will remind you, don't worry. Don't you don't to write down the dates. Listen, you, you don't have to worry. You will get bored of us. It will be everywhere. Twitter, you turn. Ha! Facebook, you turn. It's we there. Countdown. We, 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 like, we will remind you also. We will be so grateful if you voted for us. And But on a serious note, like on a serious note, you know me. I don't know. I'm, maybe I've never said this on here, but I know I've said this to you. Like, I, I, I've, I've never put a lot of. Um, I'm not one who's kind of seeks out recognition or validation from other platforms because, after all, there are other platforms, right? Um, and we no, but we never actively like go to people and be like, "Oh, Gellin's guys." So we didn't even know that. We were nominated yeah. and literally, and this is going to sound cheesy, but it's really thanks to you guys. We literally, Golly and I, we just come do this together, make mistakes together, make fools of ourselves together, uh, learn as we go, uh, open up, you know, share our views share our thoughts, um, you know, be transparent with you guys, 
try and bring people on, create a space for conversation that we hope will be lasting conversation and will help move the dial for our community. We're passionate about the diaspora and the voice, and we hope we've strengthened that. And literally, we just, we, 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 we are no masterminds or anything, but just the fact that you guys support us then makes other people be like, oh, who are these people? Absolutely. So it's no, well said. as much as it is ours. Oh, well said. Like, I have nothing more to add to that. It's like, you know, apart from the fact that we've been nominated twice. And <laughs> <laughs> um, just to kind of like one of the, like on this article, the like other high flying nominees, you know, I'm not going to name them because really, you know, and then popular Girl in Sky's podcast. You know, they, they, they put an, an extra S in our name, but never mind, we'll, we'll forgive them. Um, but yeah, you know, so thank you. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you. We, we do it not because, you know, like Matt said, Matt said, we're not looking for, for much. We're just looking, we're just doing it because it's something that we, we thoroughly enjoy. We enjoy coming on and sharing ideas. And it's also a learning curve for us as well. We learn as time goes, you know, via your comments, your interactions on social media. We really appreciate that. So thank you. So, so, so thank you. So thank you. So if anyone wants to, you know, take me on a date to the Zim Achievers Awards. Hey, you might have to get it. That's why I'm asking now if someone wants to take me. <laughs> How much is one ticket? Hi, my sister. I've... I I saw and I said yo, but it's but maybe, maybe if we go and Munya Chawa is there, that's one way you know we can corner him because he's been ignoring our DMs. Yeah. So yeah. we've been trying to get him off, guys. Two hundred pounds. So oh, much. If you guys, if you're listening to this and you would like to sponsor us to attend the yeah, that's a oh yeah, yeah, you can buy us a coffee. You can, you can go find me to go to to go and pick up our award because I have a feeling if we are not there physically. Guys, this is an UPF. Yeah, do you think it will be those awards? Like if you're not there, they don't give it to you. Yes. <laughs> Guys, no, let's make it happen. So yeah, so you can you you can you can go fund us. Uh, not go fund us. Sorry, I actually hate go fund me. Uh, okay, that's another Five minutes. for another day. Let me stop. Why do you hate go fund me? No, I don't hate. It. Okay, no, no, I don't hate it. I don't. Why do you hate it's that? Not the right word. Why do you dislike it? No, no, no. It serves a purpose. It's fine. I just think it's a shame that like, you know, like, especially like in Zim, like that's just the government, everything has let us down that everything now becomes GoFundMe, that things shouldn't be, that shouldn't be GoFundMe, become GoFundMe. Um, yeah. So, but, but, but not to say people that use it, you know, because if you, if you all see my GoFundMe next time, please don't be saying, but you say no. Mm. I'm not going to say anything better about GoFundMe. Yeah. Now, bonus is me for some water. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <Fans. laughs> yeah. 
Um, but but yeah, guys. Um, what else do I want to say? I think that's it. Just to kind of say we're we're gonna go on a break. You're gonna get your season finale next week. Let us know, like, what have you enjoyed this year or from last year from season three? Um, yeah, what have you enjoyed? What have been the highlights? And hey, who knows? One day when we have money, it'll be so nice to piece like a highlight reel of like the mm-hmm. different but yeah we'd need like a proper editor editing person because that's a lot of work yeah for sure um for sure, for sure. but but yeah i think this is us signing out and i just wanted to say clearly we now know why you're with running and training like no man's business last year for this apocalypse that's happening in South Africa. All the strength is needed for that looting, guys. People are waking up at 4 a.m. There's just been so many... um, There's just been a lot that's happened. So there's the looting, there's... um, I just feel like a lot of strange things are happening. Like, I feel like, you know, maybe, maybe God is around the corner. I've been telling you all that that you know I I it's the end of the world. It is the end of the world. Um but I think this is a wrap. This probably is a longish episode. So if you come to this part of the podcast, hashtag why yeah, are you running? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, geez. Hashtag, why are you running? <laughs> and tag Gellis. Oh, there's a time for that song to cut to make it. Dem loot, dem loot, dem loot. Da 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 da. Ute do I want to? Daddy, Oh my God! All right, guys. Later. Later. Bye. Oh, 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 oh,